Welcome to the Learning to Flourish podcast. We're your hosts, Kelsey Donnell and Laura Jean Tremblay. This is a place to stop waiting and to learn to flourish exactly where we are, right in the in-between. Join us each week as we discuss topics that pertain to daily life and how we can flourish in the here and now. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. We were just remarking to each other that we cannot believe that um, Advent is almost over. It's so crazy. It's gone so fast. So fast. And it doesn't help that this year is a very short Advent season because the fourth week is only one day. Yeah. Which is nuts. Which kind of is like half a day because people are going to go to Christmas Eve Mass also on Sunday. So that's going to be interesting. It's just going to be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, let's start off with our God wink. What, how, how sure. has God shown up for you this week, Kelsey? Um, literally all week. Um, so I'm like, I call it the Super Bowl of cosmetologists. It's the two weeks before Christmas. Um, typically it's super stressful, a little high strung if we're being honest. Um, but it has been so fun and my clients have been so good and so happy to be there. Um, and it's just been a really great way to stay in a really good headspace. I feel like every client has been a God wink and it's been so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so much more relaxed than years past. So it's been really good. You think that that has to do with like the clients or even just your, your mentality going into it? 100% my mentality. I mean, like it's one thing that everybody's in a good mood and happy to be there, but like the fact that I'm in a good headspace and I'm able to go from client to client, like that just really makes the whole day roll. Mm-hmm. So maybe 50, 50, I want to say 50, 50, everybody's really playing their part this week. It's been good. Good. Yeah. How about you? Um, <clears throat> there's been so many this week. I've had a really good week, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I will say that kind of the one that really stands out is my my made beloved group. We just wrapped up week 12 yesterday and wow, I mean, what a journey we've been on for the last 12 weeks. It has been so wonderful. And just to kind of wrap it up with those people in it and to chat with them and just share life with each other has been so, so sweet. And so, um, yeah, it just want, makes me want to keep going in what I do and like, you know, not give up because right. these moments are when it all kind of comes together. And the thing is with, you know, as you, if you're in the space of preparing or formation or anything like that, you're kind of, meeting people at different parts of their journey and you're not always going to see the end. You're not always going to see the future, right? With them. You're not always going to like see what comes of your role in their life. So it's kind of a a bittersweet thing where I'm like, Oh, like I want to hold on to you guys, but (laughs) they're going to go off and they're going to do their thing and they're going to live their lives and it's going to be beautiful. And I can, you know, watch from a distance on social media and things like that. But, um, 
kind of just taking this time for what it is and, you know, just trying to receive the gift that they are while, while we were together. So. I love that. And how lucky are they? (laughs) I think I'll say it every, every episode and I don't think it'll be enough. It's just such a good course. Such a good course. And ugh, 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 what lucky people. What lucky people to learn from Laura Jean. Oh, we love it. We love it. Um, You guys, I'm going to surprise Laura Jean right now. And oh, no. I'm going to ask the first question because she always asks the first question. Yes, go for it. And I want to know how the last two chapters have affected your daily life. Like how has... Mm-hmm just the awareness changed your everyday. Yeah. In a lot of ways, some that's like mental, right? The, the, just the awareness of like, Oh, like I'm thinking about things more, you know, you just start doing things in your routine. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, is this really what I want to be doing or whatever? And then on a like really practical level, it's actually made me consciously change the things that I'm doing. Yeah. That makes sense. Like this advent, I've been, um, very minimally on social media just for work. Um, and it's been so good. I have, (laughs) guys, this is so embarrassing, but I have so much more time. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much more time and also I have been able to like have like more complete and thorough thoughts, which is like, okay, yeah, normal. Like that's what you get when you're not bombarded with a million other things. Um, So that's been like really cool to see, but it's also been really humbling to be like, wow, I – crave that. I like pick up my phone and unlock it and I'm looking at all the apps and I'm like, oh, that was like kind of an unconscious choice to do that. It just kind of is habit. Um, So yeah, it's definitely been challenging me in a lot of ways and helping me see that there's more control to be had than what we are kind of just going about our lives with I think that's been like a really helpful thing of like no like we get to say how much we consume we get to say if we're hurrying we get to say if we're gonna take a slow day like we have a say the say (laughs) you know we have so much more um say in it than um what some people, as we'll get into later, <laughs> uh, have to like what what their intentions are, right? Mm-hmm. We are truly individuals with free will and choice and an intellect. And a lot of people are trying to kind of take that and change that and so and like try to control us. And their medium is often busyness, noise, um, the news, things that just take our attention away so that we're not faced with ourselves and with our decisions. 
So like, it's just left to us to reclaim who we already are. Yeah. Or give them the power. And it really is that simple. But it really is that simple. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What about you? How has it changed your daily life? Um, so I have really felt called to focus on the hurrying aspect because I so quickly am like, oh my gosh, I have this next thing, especially like my day runs by a calendar, like my day runs by appointments. So it's so easy to mentally be like stressed about that. Um, but I have come to realize I have a very strong internal clock, (laughs) like I don't need to be worried about it. Like I know how much time I have. I don't need to be stressed about the next person that's going to come in. And I've really allowed myself to fully be present with my clients. And that also comes with flipping my phone upside down on my desk because it always sticks in my head. Laura Jean said, I don't remember if it was the second part of the book or the first part of the book, but when you see something pop up on your phone that it takes two whole minutes to regain your attention to what you were doing. And that's so true. And I caught myself a couple times today glancing at my phone and I was like, I mean, it was so hard to get back in that conversation. So being much more aware of that. And then something I didn't expect, um, was prioritizing. Mm. I feel like I've really been prioritizing things and, um, that's different. That's different for me. I mean, I prioritize to an extent, but like, um, Nebraska at this very moment right now is playing in the final four (laughs) for the national championship. Um, and if you would have told me that I would have been missing that, um, I would have probably laughed at you, but like, this is more important. And I even, didn't watch the game on Saturday live, which still blows my mind because we needed to go to, we, we needed to go to mass. And I just have been really shocked at how much I've prioritized things. I watched it as soon as I got home, but yeah, it's been wild. So yeah, I haven't been hurrying as much and I've been prioritizing things and that feels good. That's beautiful. And I think that that's a really natural like next step, right? We start realizing, oh my gosh, we have this problem yeah, and we want to not have that problem. But what the problem kind of creates, like another problem that the actual problem creates is we, we have this lack of time, we think. And so we never feel like we can get everything done. And so we kind of just give up in a sense (laughs) because, you know, and then it's just our habit. Like, We'll just, we'd spend two hours scrolling, but avoid the 15 minutes of chores we have to do. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily because we're making that choice, right? But we are in the fact that we're just continuing a habit that we have built. Yeah. And like, how quickly are we to be like, oh, we have so little time let me cram in these seven unnecessary things to completely stress myself out because it would be so unproductive to sit in the word for an hour. Mm -hmm. I mean, raise your hand if you're guilty. Hi, Kelsey's hand is high. Cause why would I, why would I sit 
because we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we find excuses to not sit alone. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. We will find and make and, you know, kind of like fake it till you make it any excuse to not sit yeah. with ourselves. Yes. Because we're so afraid of our thoughts and we're so afraid of silence. And even just like the, not only our thoughts, right, but the reality of our choices catching up with us. Yeah. Like if we're alone with our thoughts too long, it can be like, oh, I'm really, really, really behind in this, this, and that. And I wish I had this conversation. I handled that better. And I wish I, you know, did all these things differently. And like we are faced with our own limitations. Mm-hmm. Which is hard. Which is so hard. And it takes a lot of practice, I think, to be able to um, find the peace that comes with silence. Oh, yeah. Like so much. Um, Laura Jean, have you ever been to a silent retreat? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I laugh. It's the three years that you couldn't talk. (laughs) This is why I laugh because I spent three years of my life practically being mute. So that was um, a really long silent retreat. Really long Ignatius Um, retreat. (laughs) I didn't even think about that when I asked you that question. It's okay. As soon as I saw the look on your face, I was like, "Ooh." (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny. It's funny. Um, Okay. The real answer, okay, yes, that is true. I did spend about three years in my own bubble of a silent retreat. Not everyone was silent <laughs> around me, just me. Um, but in terms of like a whole silent retreat, no. Like I haven't done like a whole weekend or like a whole Ignatian retreat. I've yeah. been on retreat where we've done like a whole day of silence or the majority of it silent, but our meals were, you know. Yeah. And then <sighs> – Okay, I have another funny story to tell you. Yes. Classic me again being injured. So I was in high school and I was at this retreat and I had just had surgery on my ankle. And so it's in like a cast and yeah. they they broke my ankle during surgery. I was very upset when I woke up. It hurt really bad. And anyway, so like they were gonna do that. I didn't know, but they they did it. But anyway. Anyway, so um, this is like a week after surgery that I'm at this retreat and I'm on crutches. I have a cast. I can't put any weight on my foot. And we did this thing where like at dinner the night before we, um, like went into silence and then like all night long. And then we were supposed to go through breakfast and then there would be like some like mass or something. And then we could talk after that, right? So this was the setting. Okay. And I uh, – we were all walking into this building for breakfast. We were all walking silently. There's like a group. Everyone is coming together and no one's talking to each other. It's, it's so silent and I'm walking and crutching. – Crutching. Crutching. I'm crutching. I'm crutching. And there's the – the floor, so we walk in the ground floor of a building and we have to go up the stairs. 
Oh gosh. And you, we walk in the ground floor and there's carpet, but then in the center of the floor is no carpet. Right. Yeah. So I'm crutching along and my one crutch is on the carpet mm-hmm. and then my other crutch is oh, no. on this, this it's slippery uh, thing. My crutch goes flying. I fall down. And of course, I'm like, I can't yell because it's silent. Okay. So I fall. It's not even that I could have because I hit my head so hard. I passed out. But I like <gasps> slip and fall. And like just you could all you can hear is like the clanging of my crutches and like my body hitting the floor. And then you passed out. Yeah. Well, I hit my head so hard. Oh and my then God. all I remember was other people who were standing around me at the time, like trying to like wake me up and like help me stand up, but no one was saying anything because we're all it. teenagers. No, we're all teenagers. So we're like not really like sure what we should do. So like no one is saying anything. And it was like, I was so mortified because I was like, no one's even asking me if I'm okay. I don't know what I sh- I can't really cry. Like I can't really do. Yes, you can. Anything. Oh. Anyway, um, that's a side note. And then the people who were like leading it, like it pulled me aside. I was like, "We have to call your mother." And I was like, "Okay." Glad you broke the silence for that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, that's just part of (laughs) it. That is the extent of Laura Jean's silent retreat experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was really dedicated to that silent. I I mean, first off, you were dedicated to go to a retreat one week after having surgery on your ankle. I've had foot surgeries. Like, it's awful. It was was a terrible decision in hindsight. And I'm probably, I'm still probably on my pain meds. It, it was a terrible decision in hindsight. Terrible. I'm going to back that up. I'm going to say that probably was a terrible decision. Proud of you for putting your faith first, but. Thanks. You probs could have sat in silence on the couch too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I've been on four silent retreats. Um. I started doing silent retreats, gosh, it would have been like six years ago, maybe. Um, we have this beautiful place in Nebraska. It's called Cloisters on the Plat, and it's um, a beautiful, beautiful retreat. It's on, I don't even know how many acres, but I mean, it is, it is five star. It is, there is not a single worry in the world when you get there. Um, and it's silent for the, let's think. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the four days you Mm -hmm. are in silence, you eat in silence, you wake up in silence. Like the only time you really talk is when you're at mass and you're like participating in the mass. Mm -hmm. And the first year I packed so many books because I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I went on so many walks. I read so many pages. I was so uncomfortable. I had earbuds in the whole time. I was listening. Like, even if it was just like Gregorian chants, I needed, I needed something. And at the end of the weekend of that first weekend, I was like, 
oh, I mean, that was relaxing, but nothing like earth, like earth shattering, no monumental thing. And then the next year was kind of similar, kind of went through those motions, read a few less pages, listened to a little bit less music, um, had a couple like minor breakthroughs. And then at the end of the retreat, the spiritual like director, which is a priest was like, you know, you're doing the whole thing at the end. Oh, this is the other great thing about Cloisters on the Platte. It's a free will donation. It doesn't cost thousands of dollars to go. But so he's doing his spiel about like donating. And then at the end of it, he's talking about your next retreat. And he's like, at your next retreat, I encourage you to not bring a single book. So he must have seen a lot of us reading. He's like, the only things you should ever need on a silent retreat is a Bible and a journal. That's it. And I was like, um, four days with just my Bible is a lot. <laughs> but I did it on my third retreat. And when I tell you, I left that weekend so exhausted. I... The Lord had so much to teach me in those four days. I have never read my Bible so much. I filled a journal. Like a journal. I bet there was like a hundred pages. How was your hand after that? I mean, I'm writing my journal and my hand is like... I've never written so much in my life. (laughs) It it was exhausting. Um, He was like, we're going to forgive everybody today. Over these four days, like we are going to go back. We are going to relive the hurt. We are going to relive the sorrow, the pain, the gritty, gross things. And the spiritual director at some point said like, tonight, I want you to go to your own purgatory. And I want you to like dig to the trenches. I want you to think of all of the places where you didn't feel God and ask him to show you where he was. I was up until 3 a.m. Oh my gosh. And I didn't even get the tip of the iceberg. And when I left (laughs) on the fourth day, I was so tired. But I learned how to be alone in true solitude. Mm. And how to not need Gregorian chants in my ears. And how to actually like go on a peaceful walk and enjoy the sounds of nature while like listening to God and like processing my own thoughts. So like moving forward in this episode, I want, if you're listening to this, I want you to remember that like, it's something that takes a lot of learning. Like you're probably not going to sit down tonight when you get home from work and have this miraculous quiet time with God. And that's okay. Because it takes so much time and effort to figure it out and to be comfortable when you do it. Mm -hmm. Because it's hella uncomfortable at the beginning. Right. And it's also not saying that it's only in the comfortable that we receive or that it's good it's that all of that the hard the uncomfortable that is so powerful 
and meaningful. Monumental. And I am a firm believer that growth comes from really hard places. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's so worth it to learn. Mm -hmm. But, and then my fourth retreat was very good, very fruitful, a little less exhausting. (laughs) But I just think, I just think, yeah, learning how to be in silence and solitude is so, so big. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I've always had, not always, I, for a long time, have had, I think, a really healthy idea and drive towards solitude in this sense that he's talking about in the book in terms of this being alone with God, right? Not isolation, but being connected to and, and figuring out, you know, everything that's going on. And it wasn't like, okay, you're saying that you found this through silent retreats. And it's interesting because the way I found it was also through silence, but it was through the silence of me literally being mute, right, for a while that I don't know if you can arrive at this solitude without silence. Yeah. Right, like without a prolonged silence. And so what that means, I think, for us, if we don't have a practice of this or we don't have like a really great understanding of this, or maybe we did at one point, but we want to get back into a practice of it, is that it's going to take a lot of silence. And if you don't have a weekend or a week or six weeks in my case to be completely silent, um, you can do that just by being consistent every day, right? Those t- That time will compound. Yeah. So it can be like start with 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. That's 20 minutes every day. And it could feel like nails on chalkboard at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But eventually you'll crave that. You'll be sitting, you know, you'll be at work and you'll be like, I cannot wait until this evening when I can be alone with God and process this day. Yeah. Right? It's – yeah, go ahead. I know you have something to say. Um, To those of you who are like wives and mothers and you're like, how am I supposed to have 10 minutes alone? Um, Talk to your spouse. Okay? Like – They can surely support 10 minutes, even if you have to go drive around the block for 10 minutes, okay? Or go on a walk. 10 out of 10 recommend a walk. But talk to your spouse, please. Yes. (laughs) Please, don't use your kids as an excuse. I know this couple. He was actually a professor at my university. And they were part of this group in England. Um, They're English. And they were part of this group in England when they were um, young adults before they they met each other through this group and they got married. But part of this group, it was like a religious group, um, challenged them to have a holy hour every day, an hour in front of the Eucharist. And so this couple started this practice, then met each other, then dated, got married. They now have... I think six kids. Yes. Okay, if anyone who knows who I'm talking about is 
saying that that's <laughs> wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, but they have every day taken care of the family so that the other one can go and have an hour with the Lord. They they plan out their days so that, you know, one of them has everyone for an hour and then the other one can come back and, you know, at some point else during the day, that the one who watched it all, the kids earlier, can go and have their hour. That's amazing. Yes. But, like, ask your spouse. Like, I love that you said that because that is yeah. so important. Right. And, like, no, we're just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to open that cup of worms. Ask your spouse. Ask for help. Yeah. Ask for help. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, my, my experience was not necessarily in, in weekend retreat form. <laughs> it wasn't something I willingly chose to do. <laughs> I think that's part of it. So, the beginning, I was a little bit um, resentful of the situation. I was a high school. I was a high schooler. I was a high schooler, and as an adult, yeah, yeah, that's a hard cross to carry. Yeah, and yep. so it was a little bit of wrestling with God. Why, you know, that was a really big question um, mm-hmm. that I asked, kind of at the beginning. Um. And you know how it goes, you know, people at the beginning are going to, you know, the situation is new and people are going to check in with you and be like, hey, you know, like, how are you feeling and all these things? Yeah. Because it was it was a physical injury. So it was also like really painful. How are you healing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then after a while, you know, you just, people stop asking because- Either they're living with you and they just see you every day. And if they see you, then you must be fine and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they aren't going to get a response back. So they're kind of like, you know, if I see you, you're good, you know, kind of thing. And just take yep. it at that. So there were literal days when I didn't even, like, talk to another human being. Mm. But I remember that time being so rich in a different way because I, and praise, praise the Lord that my first thought in all of this was to pray through it. Oh, like praise the Lord, because like there could have been so many other things I did. Also, I think a big part of it was we didn't have Wi-Fi. (laughs) Praise God. So, yeah, I could, I couldn't like, you know, I think if that were to happen today, I would just like constantly be watching movies and I would like just constantly be watching shows and just constant social media and social media was a thing, but it wasn't as addictive as it is today. There weren't reels. There weren't like, we had MSN messenger. You were just watching the people you follow. And I followed like maybe a hundred people. So if... All a hundred of them posted in one day, which never happened. I would have a hundred things to look at, right? So right. it wasn't super enticing. So I spent a lot of time journaling and just praying. And that That's yeah. so impressive. I mean, how, how 
how many people besides me <laughs> have had that opportunity for literal years, essentially, yeah. to be in that really precious place with our Lord of just, right. you're the only one who, who understands. You're the only one I can talk to at any time. You're the only one I can really communicate with. And so I'm going to, otherwise I'll, good, I'll die. Like, <laughs> what a good person to communicate with though. Yeah, truly. And I mean, to have the knowledge and security in that relationship at such a young age is very impressive. It was seriously all, all a gift. I like that you're able to look back at that as a gift. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, I don't know if I could. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay, this is what else I was going to say when you were talking about um, something. It's okay. Whatever. Yeah, when you were talking about it, um, was that it was really interesting because it took the silence, it mm-hmm. took the solitude to really be able to listen. And what I mean by that is there's a really <laughs> strange example that happened when all of this happened, that I equate this with. So I was singing. This is how the whole thing happened. Um, And I liked to sing. I would, you know, at that point think I had a good voice. You know, I'm a kid, essentially a teenager. Um, I didn't like do it all the time. I was just kind of like, whatever. Um, But I could not sing a harmony. I did not have that gift. I was just like, I can sing the melody. I can kind of follow along, whatever. By not being able to join in with any kind of music for so long, I just listened. I just listened to the notes and I listened to everything. And eventually, when I say eventually, it was literal years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I got on the other side of it, I, in being able to recover my voice right from the injury, I was immediately able to sing harmony because I could listen to what I had to sing. Do you know what I mean? I can. Like, I do. You you can you listen for those notes. You listen, oh, there's the melody, and then you listen, oh, this would sound really good with it. And it never I could not do it before. And if that's not an analogy to, like... Harmonizing with Jesus? (laughs) Well, yeah, just even harmonize, but also just, like, in it's through the silence that we really can listen. It's so important. It's so important. It's so important. I loved that. And, like... That that brought me to the part in the book where it's talking about um, silence and solitude. And so, like, you have silence, so you have quiet. Um, you know, when, like, everything around you is quiet, but your brain is still going, that's, that's yeah. silence. Okay? But when you enter solitude, it's when your mind silences. When you're in the silence and your mind silences. So you're truly able to find that solitude and listen and to get to where you got, where you could hear everything. 
you know, your mind wasn't going a million miles a minute. And that's, that's the sweet spot that we all should be searching for Mm -hmm. because there's no greater rest (laughs) than solitude. Yeah. There's a word for it in prayer. Yeah. And it's called contemplative prayer. Love it. And you might, you know, I don't know, whoever's listening to this might hear that and be like, okay, what are you contemplating? But contemplative prayer and when, when there are, literal monasteries and convents dedicated to contemplative prayer. Like that's all that they do. Now, contemplative prayer is not our Father, Hail Mary. That's not contemplative prayer. Those are prayers. But contemplative prayer is when you quiet your life and your mind, right? You're in that solitude and it's no longer your thoughts playing but all of a sudden you're able to contemplate the mysteries of God. You're able to contemplate him. You're able to, in a, in a detached sense, contemplate your life in terms of like seeing it from a bird's eye view, right? Mm -hmm. Like seeing how all of this kind of works together. And if you are not in this place of a convent (laughs) or a monastery where that's all you do, like when you sit down to pray, getting to contemplative prayer will take a lot of time. It will and take a effort. lot of time and effort. Yes. It's hard. It's very, it's, it's difficult. But if you ever get there. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Life changing, earth shattering. Amazing. Yes. It took four years of silent retreats. And all of the days in between for me to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. Meditative and contemplative prayer is so special. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love it. And um, one of the priests, he was he was like at our silent retreat. He was talking about like how to get to be able to do that. And a really great way is to read the stories of the Bible, like in the Bible, and picture yourself and imagine yourself in that story and who are you in this story and how are you reacting in the story and just mentally putting yourself there and allowing yourself to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's just so special. And I always mm, like the story of Lazarus. Let's talk about a breakthrough. Mm. (laughs) I think I sat and prayed with the story of Lazarus rising from the dead Honestly, for probably an entire day. It was insane. It was amazing. So special. Such a cool thing to be able to get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And he talks about in the book, like, we've hinted at it a little bit, but just to say that, like, outright, (laughs) he talks about it in the book that solitude is not the same as isolation. Like, they are opposites. Yeah. Where solitude is a place of connection with God, connection with ourselves, that working through thoughts, processing that – what's the word? I know there's like a word that I really want to say that I can't think of. (laughs) It's like a wrestling. It's like a – you're coming – 
you're you're facing life, right? You're not running from it, which is what happens in isolation. You yeah. are, you know, you're just trying to escape. You're trying to numb everything. You're trying you're trying your best not to um not to contemplate any of these things. You're right. just trying to escape. And that's the difference right there. Yeah. I was just searching um, for the part in the book where it's talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just says, for clarification, by solitude, I don't mean isolation. The two are worlds apart. It goes on to say, solitude is engagement. Isolation is escape. Solitude is safety, while isolation is danger. Solitude is how you open yourself up to God while isolation is painting a target on your back for the tempter. Um, so this is my favorite one. Solitude is when you set aside time to feed and water and nourish your soul to let it grow into health and maturity. Isolation is what we crave when we neglect the former. Absolutely. It's just us throwing a pity party for ourselves. We don't have that. We don't have this. And so I'm upset and blah, blah, blah. And we're trying to escape. That is never going to get you there. Right. Yeah. Like a little bit later on, he says, we do not take this spiritual life seriously. If we do not set aside time to be with God and to listen to him. I mean, that's so simple. It's so like, duh. But right. when you hear it in that context of it's, it's as simple as we're not taking it seriously if we don't. Yeah. Talk about prioritization. Yeah. If you, if you value your faith and you value your, your spiritual life, if you think God's the bee's knees, are you spending time with him? Like it's, it's as simple as that. And I am so guilty of it. Yeah. Same. You same. know, I think there are seasons of life where it's a little bit easier. There's more nudges that way. Either it's because we're walking through a really hard season or I don't know, God just says you can't talk for three years. Right. I don't know anything like that, but there are seasons where I think it's easier for us And there are seasons, and a lot of times it's when life is going great that we just kind of forget. And then we're just like back, you know, just kind of like, okay, we don't really need that, like, pick me up. Um, But we ever, we don't ever not need it. Like, (laughs) we don't ever not need to spend time with him. Right. And I feel like it goes back, I think it was in part two, where it's like, we need it more the busier we are. Yes. And we need it more, the more stressed we are and the more distracted we are. Like we need that time. And in this last part, I I have no idea where it is in the book. You guys, it's in the last part. I know that, (laughs) but it talks about how, and I'm so guilty of this. And this is why I remember it. And it talked about how we spend so much time of our day basically creating scenarios in our head and like having these hypothetical conversations and getting angry. Like, and I don't even know if this was actually what I was saying in the book, but this is what Jesus was saying to me. 
And it was just like, you're creating all of these hypothetical situations and hypothetical conversations. And it's suffocating. It, I mean, it suffocates my mind. Mm. And, and that's when I have to remember that I need, like every time that pops into my head, I need, I need Jesus time. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a quick glory be like, I need a quick second to reset to bring myself back. Mm -hmm. And then that's just, it's just like, okay, Kelsey, like you have to go take time in solitude. Like you have Mm -hmm. got to go spend time with Jesus because your brain is so cluttered and so distracted Mm. that that's taking away you being present to the world around you. There's so many things I want to say. Okay. So just two things. One, go for it. There's this last, um, quote that I want to read from this particular section on silence and solitude. And it says, in silence and solitude, our souls finally come home. Mm. That's what Jesus meant by abide. The verb of abode, our home, the place of rest. We come back to our places of soul rest. Doesn't that just feel like a warm hug? Like, Uh that's what we all crave. And that's how we get it. Yeah. Right? Um, Second thought. Okay, we spent (laughs) this entire 45 minutes talking about the very first part of the last part of this book is Silence and Solitude, which is great and all. I think that it's a great topic. It was our favorite part, okay. And it was the favorite part of our (laughs) part. But I, I want to just mention one thing about the next part that's Sabbath. And he really drives home the fact that Sabbath is, first of all, a, it's a requirement. It's literally a commandment. Keep holy the Sabbath day, right? It's literally a commandment. And why is it a commandment? And he goes into talking about and literally just driving home in our minds, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. And he's saying how like, the people Jesus was talking to needed to hear the first part, right? It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about, you know, we have to, you know, follow the letter of the law and blah, 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 because um, man was not made for the Sabbath. But we, in our time and place and generation and culture, need to hear the second part more. But the Sabbath is made for man. That it's for us. It's for, like, it's literally written into the rhythm of our bodies because Mm -hmm. we were designed in God's own image and God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And it is no wonder that our culture is so burned out. Because we are meant to have a complete day of Sabbath rest every seven days. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you had a whole day? I can't remember the last time I had a whole Sabbath day. You know, and <laughs> that is, that just really hit me of like, oh gosh. Right. And that's on us. A hundred percent. 
it goes That's back to what I said at the very beginning. Like, we have a lot more control than we think we do. Right. Like, we have the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. We do not have to fill every single day, every single minute. No. And even when I lived abroad, I lived in uh, the country of Austria, and everything would be closed on Sundays. Yeah. Um, and so that was more of a, you know, we were able, but we were also in school and we had lots of things to do. So, you know, we're going to read or do homework or write papers, you know, or, right. you know, do other things on Sunday um, right. that weren't 100% Sabbath rest. So while that would help, we can't blame all of our problems on that, right? right. We can't blame the culture for everything and be like, well, you know. Stores are open, so I have That's to go. That's the norm. I'm going like, to go. No. <laughs> I know. We're not, right. And we're not like telling you, you need to sit in solitude the entire day. The whole day should be in your Bible. The whole day should be, you know, complete, utter rest. Like, there's ways to do, do things and be restful. There's one word I have for you. Yes. Leisure leisure i'm gonna leisurely do this i could write a book on leisure well not at this point but you know maybe one day um Mm -hmm. i think it's so important and i was just talking because the last um lesson in my made beloved group is leisure it's on leisure and we just finished that up yesterday so i was having this whole conversation with my group about leisure And having just read this book, I brought forth the idea that, okay, leisure is great and it's what we should aim for, the true definition of it. You know, it's what we're made for in in the most real sense. And so we're going to find rest in it and we're going to find contemplation in it. However, if we don't even know how to be silent and be in solitude with ourselves, yeah. We, it's going to be really hard to attain leisure or even to be in the space to, to have leisure happen. And so it's kind of like a step stool. Like you need to have silence and solitude in order to have leisure. But that's what we're – so like the Sabbath doesn't only have to include silence and solitude. It can get to leisure, which it should, and that would be beautiful. Yeah. But – they go hand in hand. You can't have leisure without solitude. Yeah. In my mind. I, I mean, you could. I would agree with I that. guess you could, I guess, but that would be really hard and right. not as fruitful probably. Yeah. I love it. Man. <laughs> I love how we just literally spent 50 minutes talking about one one part of the book. Yeah. Well, the rest of it is good. Keep reading. Um. <laughs> Yeah, do keep reading. We do encourage you to read the whole book. This simply was our favorite part. Yeah, truly. And, and I think, I mean, just just to kind of close it out for everyone. So this third part was titled, um, the what was the title even? I don't even know. Let me look. <laughs> We're Stand so, by. So terrible. Um, um, the four practices of unhurrying your life. Yeah, so and the first one. Get- that we spend all day on is silence and solitude. The second one is Sabbath. The third is simplicity. 
oh my gosh, I could love it. forever on simplicity. We might circle back to that someday. We might. Um, and the fourth is slowing. And so those are the four practices. So if you're like, oh, I just really wanted to know what they are. Those are what they are. And um, yeah, we'll probably talk about these again. <laughs> Not going to oh, yeah. lie. For sure. We'll for yeah. sure talk about them again. We just really wanted to keep you guys on your toes today. <laughs> Let us know if we succeeded. Because that's just what we like to do. Absolutely. We don't want to waste your time. We don't want to, you know, have this whole thing where you're like, I I started listening to this one for a topic and you didn't get to the topic until like the last two minutes and it only lasted 30 seconds. We don't want that to happen. But we do think that this was a really great conversation and right. also just full of lots of goodness. It wasn't fluff. And you guys, you know, we nothing. didn't even talk, like, look, I think we'll probably need to have a whole episode on retreat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because um, if you guys listen to the early episodes, you know, Lara Jean and I, we met on a retreat. So like, that is important to both of Kelsey. us. Kelsey. Okay. So we Kelsey. cannot open that can of worms. I just wanted to crack it. I just wanted to tease it a little bit. Because okay, but you, you so realize big. as soon as we hit stop recording, we're going to talk about that for like the next hour. Just be prepared. <gasps> I it's It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh it's my gosh. Just, you guys have to know that it's coming. And I can promise you that's going to be one heck of an episode. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Amazing. This is giving me life. But Kelsey, what uh, what's your liveliness list for this week? Go for it. Okay. Um, number, number one, Christmas is coming. I have said it once and I'll say it again. I am the Cindy Lou Who of <laughs> this area. I love Christmas. I'm so excited about it. It just gets me very, very excited. Um, number two, fizz. Uh, my choice of caffeine is fizz. Um, I love it. And then number three, Nebraska volleyball. Amazing. I just can't. I can't even explain to you guys how much of a fan I am of this team. They are, they are special. I used to coach volleyball. And so watching volleyball is like my favorite pastime. And I am very excited to find out how this game is going. I've turned off my phone. <laughs> I told my family. It looks like she wants to jump me. out of her seat and like she's done with this conversation. <laughs> I'm not done with this conversation, but I am very excited to find out. Mm. Yeah how it's going i'm sure it's going really well because we're we're good mm, that's so good. yeah so what's your liveliness list i said it really well you that was amazing amazing it is a hard thing to say and if you yeah. guys are laughing at us right now i say want it, you to I say it out loud with us just say it and liveliness you'll, list yeah you'll realize how hard it is um anyway yeah. okay um my first thing is confession Ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, we should have an episode about confession too. So good. The priest mm -hmm. was just so present, fatherly and present. It was just, mm. I, I was crying. I was crying. It was great. We, we um, love it. Number two, crafting. How fun. 
because I have time for that now. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not going to scroll. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to craft. I'm craft. How fun. <laughs> um, no, but that's been really great. Um, and then the third one is conversations with friends. Gosh. Oh, that's just something so special, like real, um, conversations. I can, I can truly say leisurely conversations where we're contemplating, um, the mystery of creation and how we're made this way and, and contemplating God and all of it. And, oh my gosh, it just, it just is so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to have some of those this week. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, what a special day. What a special episode. I really enjoyed this. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And I hope that as Advent is coming to a close, we all can just find a little bit more peace in the silence and the solitude. And oh my gosh, what a great thing to talk about in the last bit of Advent because one thing that I just always come back to in Advent is the silence, right? There's not only like that it's winter, but have you ever like experienced how quiet it can be in winter? Like when there's snow, it's just like, it's so quiet. And then I think about nighttime as being quiet, right? The Lord was, was born at night, right? Or at least, at least that's the tradition that we remember, right in at yep. in at the night in the stable and so i just think of silence a lot with contemplating the manger and the birth of our lord and so what a great thing to talk about in the last oh, bit of advent i love it so great i love it um do you want to tell everybody kind of what we're going to chat about next week Oh, yes. I was just going to say yes, but I forgot. Um, no, um, I didn't forget. Um, next week, uh, you might know, because these come out on Mondays, that it would come out on Christmas. So it might come out on Christmas. Who knows? Um, but we're we'll going to talk- it. Oh, we'll keep you posted. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Christmas in terms of our traditions and things like that, but most especially how it's changed as our seasons of life have changed um, because that can be sometimes not very expected in terms of you could be living your life, your season changes, or your family has changed a little bit and you're expecting things to stay the same and then they aren't. And sometimes that can be really jarring. And so we just wanted to talk about like our experiences about it and hopefully um, you won't feel so alone in going through the changes that you go through and just, you know, taking it as it comes, being present in the moment. Wild concept. We, we should love name it. a podcast after it. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go. Okay. We gotta go. Happy Advent. Love we'll talk you to you later. Bye. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us on this episode of Learning to Flourish podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave us a rate and review.